Thank you for downloading this episode of the Football Purist Podcast. For more episodes, go to www.footballpurist.com and you can also find us at iTunes. We are back this week, and it feels like the Champions League qualification hopes are slowly fading for Liverpool. Benteke comes back to haunt us, and the qualification for fourth is is looking no longer like it's in Liverpool's hands. Uh, so everyone on the panel tonight, uh, we're all in a great mood, really excited to go ahead and talk about this Palace match. Uh, we're going to try and find whatever positive we can for our seat index rating, and then we're going to look forward to the Watford game uh, that's coming this upcoming Monday. So I am your resident pessimistic host, Joey Vishny, and on this episode of the Talk On podcast, I am joined by the face of football purists, Ali Garamani. What's going on, Ali? Hey, Joey. How's it going? Hey, Happy yeah, yeah. It's a, good, it's a good, good one to have you on for, man. Yeah, Talk On. Jeffrey, the host of Cafe Football. Jeff Hallett, how you doing? Doing great. You know what? I'm okay. Been through my 11 stages of grief. Don't think I've reached acceptance quite yet, but... Big teams are playing each other. Who knows what could happen? Yeah, hopefully you can talk some sense. Not even talk sense, just bring some positivity to this one. I'm going to need it. Uh, and then we got two first-timers on the Talk On podcast tonight. First, we've got Football Purists contributor, Tyler Vinyl. How's it going, Tyler? Hey, fellas. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, uh, always a good on. time here in New York. Yeah, yeah. Glad to have you on. Uh, and then we got Liverpool correspondent for Fan UK TV, as well as the founder of the Premier League panel, Raj Chohan. How's it going, Raj? Hey guys, yeah, not bad. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Thanks. Uh, I feel I finally got over the uh, Palace defeat. Uh, we're watching the Arsenal game tonight. Thought that was going to go well for us, but then that ended up badly as well. What was that 86 minute goal on a deflection? That was pretty. Yeah, bad. it was a, such a lucky goal for Arsenal. Um, that would have really repaired some of the damage for us, but uh, wasn't to be. Yeah, definitely would have helped out. It's nice we got everyone uh, in different different. Uh... <laughs> regions of the world tonight we got ali i know you're in san francisco jeff in orange county tyler in new york i'm in chicago and then roger over there in leeds right yeah sitting at leeds uni that's in the uh, north of england yeah awesome so interesting perspectives from uh, all around today it's gonna be good to hear uh guys benteke came back as we know he likes to play against liverpool even when he was back on villa uh, and, you know, what is it now he's scored more goals against liverpool than he ever did in a red shirt which is just an embarrassing stat, not not a good one to, to look at. Uh, so I wanted to know uh, if there's any other player, could be for any other sport, but even specifically Liverpool, if you have anyone, someone that you you hate to see them when they come back to Anfield or, you know, whenever we go play their team, uh, he tends to do well against us. Ali, you got anyone? Yeah, I actually really like this player too, John Joe Shelby. Every time we play him, he either gifts us a goal or scores one against Swansea, us. Swansea, so. Sturridge goal, right. we gifted it to him, right? Oh, that was great. Exactly. Then he'll do something and score. I, I can't hate him, but just hate to play against him. Well, I remember, Ali, we had such high hopes for John Joe Shelby. Where did that all go, man? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Voldemort. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Brutal. Raj, what do you got, man? Anyone? Oh, I remember in the uh, 2000s, similar to Benteke, actually, Didier Drogba he used to terrorize us every time he came up against us. I mean, Jamie Carragher, he, he used to give a good fight against most strikers. But Drogba, he just couldn't handle him. He was like, yeah, too strong for Carragher. Carragher would bounce right off him, yeah. It was, yeah, oh, definitely. He, 
in fairness, though, he'd do that to pretty much every team. So it wasn't uh, at least wasn't just strictly Liverpool. Which was <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. It's a it's a great show, one of the best of all so time. We've got a bit back on him though with uh, Torres. He used to have a few good games against Chelsea. Oh yeah, it's um, true. Jeff, Jeff, what do you got, man? You got anyone? So I don't have the same hatred for Benteke as, you know, at least performing against us. So what if he had more goals? He didn't really get a lot of playing time, right? And he was productive when he got on the pitch. Just good player, wrong system. So in terms of, like, I don't really have a long list. The players that we've gotten rid of, I mean, they probably weren't high performing. Maybe they went to Skirtle. You didn't name what the other choices are. There's not a ton. Uh, so... You know, I've got Hanley Ramirez. This is the best I could come up with in the U.S. Major League Baseball. Um, all those fat guys, right, Allie? Um, Hanley's huge, enormous. Big boy, big boy. He doesn't play. He doesn't show against my team, the Dodgers, but he does show quite a bit. So I <laughs> lament that. <laughs> uh, there's a good shout. Uh, Tyler, what do you got, brother? First things first, great Voldemort shout. Got to love uh, John Joe Shelby. I really got to root for that guy. And would love to see him play well next year. Uh, same with Skirtle. Love to see him. I would love to see him in the Champions like next season. My uh, my player that I hate to see though is Dwight Gale, uh, uh, another yeah. Crystal Palace fellow. <laughs> yeah. For I think it was two two and a half seasons in a row, he scored every single time he played us, and it did some real damage. Uh, I hated him seeing him on the field. He was nineteen at the time, if if that, and uh, really really was unfortunate. He scored. Back to back to back to back games against us. So oh, it was uh, it was tough. Yeah, wasn't he almost homeless before he started playing? Yeah, he was. He has got a great story that kid, but uh, he really liked scoring against Liverpool. Yeah, not a good one. Yeah. Not a good one. I, I got one for you, Jonathan Walters. How about that name for you? Uh, the link classic. as an, as a what an Evertonian growing up, and then just I swear he scores against us every time we play him. It's the most annoying thing ever. Luckily, we he he hasn't really won his team points. I think we the last two times he scored against us, we beat them. But mm. I mean, he just always seems to show up against us. It's it's really annoying. Uh, review the Palace match. We gotta we gotta talk about it. It's what this pod's about. Uh, it seemed. It was one of those games, crowd seemed really restless. Um, you know, it was mm. a lot of tension throughout the whole game when I was just listening uh, on TV, obviously not there. But these these games, it's, it's, it's really frustrating when you know that you can really take advantage by getting three points on, on your rivals for the top four chase. And it just always seems like Liverpool can never pick up the slack, never when, when a game, you know, in, in recent history... In ter- at least in terms of the Premier League, for sure. It seems like we can't pick up the games that we really need to when we see sort of like the, the, that the end is near, you know, that, um, you know, you pick up, if we would have picked up three points, especially like Raji mentioned Arsenal's result today, and, and then you got the City yeah. and uh, Man U game tomorrow. I mean, three points would have been huge, but not even picking up one. I mean, just just a disgusting game. Raj, I'm just going to go to you first. Kind yeah. of general, general thoughts on the game. Uh, why... <laughs> I mean, is it as simple as just, you know, we're terrible at defending set pieces and that's just a continuous mm. type of, mm. you know, fault that Liverpool has? Or is it, you know, what is it? We didn't get up for this game. Well, well, my view on these type of games is you can't play well to win every single game. So obviously it wasn't our best performance, our most fluid attacking performance. But we did get that moment of magic from Coutinho. And you've got to capitalise on those moments of magic. You see Chelsea and Spurs, they rely on their front forward players to produce some quality goals. And even when they're not playing well, their defence is that good that they, ha- that they only need one of those moments and they'll win the game. Because they can keep clean sheets, unlike us. Um, our defence is the main issue in these games, I'm afraid, because 
if if we're not playing so well, you've got to have that solid base at the back to build on. Um, and if you've got a clean sheet, it's quite simple, isn't it? You only need one goal to win the game. Unfortunately, with Liverpool, we need two, we need three, sometimes four goals to win games. And that's where the issue lies in these games, from my point of view. Yeah, it's we can never scrape out one nil wins. It's like no. whenever we do score predictions at the end here, and whenever someone puts a you know goose egg in the column, I just start. I feel like I start laughing. Although that that recent <laughs> yeah. one that Painter pointed out actually happened, but I mean, we rarely keep a clean sheet. So just like you no. said, you got to capitalize once you get yeah. those moments of magic. Once you get those chances, like Coutinho had, yeah. uh, you know, we've actually conceded two goals on ten occasions in the Premier League this season, which is I find that. That's too much if you want to be challenging in that top four uh, bracket. Um, and I think I can only really think of around four or five games this season where we've not played well and still won. I think in most other games, we've actually been really firing in the, from an attacking uh, point of view. Um, and that's got to change if we want to be challenging for titles in the future. Yeah, Tyler, just like Rog was saying, I mean, you just look at Chelsea and, and Spurs defense and, and listen, I, I know Chelsea haven't kept a clean sheet in a long time. Actually, I think since mid January in the Premier League, but they don't let in two goals, three goals very often at all. And, and we all know that Spurs probably, at least in my opinion, have the best defense in the league. And, you know, yeah. we're scoring more than these teams, but our goal difference is, you know, 20 plus bet- between them just because we concede so much. So, you know, even just pointing out that that goal, the second goal for Benteke and, and set piece defending, it's like you know Klopp works on it. You know they work on it on the training pitch. What what's going on with with the defense? And is it as simple as you know there's no real want to, there's no real fight and passion, or is it that we just simply don't have the talent back there to be able to compete? You know, I, I hate to say it, but I think it's it's more the latter. It's a lack of quality. You know, we have a center midfielder playing left back who's done phenomenally well for a center midfielder playing left back. Uh, we have a right back who actually I think is quite good, and we have Joel Matip who's quite good. Other than that, we've sort of been shuffling injured, uninjured players, half-injured players through our back line, and it's just not working. You know, there's no cohesion. This zonal marking on set pieces isn't working, and uh, the talent just isn't there. And I, I'm happy to see Klopp, you know, all the rumors are he's looking at defenders, he's looking at a left back, he's looking at another center back, maybe two. Um, it would be very nice to get some reinforcements at the back. I think he understands that it's an issue. Even the players are speaking up at this point saying it's an issue we need to learn. We need to defend more as a team. And uh, hopefully that happens. Yeah, and Tyler, right back at you. I mean, so for you, as you just mentioned, zonal marking. Uh you know, I think we probably all prefer man marking. Is was, is that something you'd like to see them go back to? Just because maybe it gets something else off their mind, like they're not thinking, "Oh, I have to defend this zone, just go and attack the ball." Because even you know, just watching Lester today, the result didn't go their way, but they dealt with set pieces and uh, you know balls into the box very well, uh, especially the second ball. It's just you know it looks like a lot of guys just trying to go and attack it versus them thinking they have to own a certain space. So as far as zonal versus man marking, what's your view on that? And, and, and obviously we have not been doing a, a great job of it. I mean, you see kind of low run and Chan sort of in the middle of, you know, what should we do in that scenario? So uh, the answer for me is an unequivocal yes, but it's an unequivocal yes. Next season we've committed to this. This is what they've been playing all season. It's sort of uh, like Klopp. The other day he played a 3-5-2 instead of a 
you know, some variation of a 4-3-3. And it was very clear that we hadn't done it all season. You, you can't just change the game plan in the middle of the season. And if Clapp were to go from zonal marking to man marking at this point, in my opinion, it's sort of asking people to do something that you haven't been planning for after, what are we, 34 weeks in? Let them finish. Let them, let them get through this point where they've been zonal marking all season. It's been an issue and it's going to be an issue for the next four games, but hopefully in the off season we can address it and we can hire the talent that's required to go to a man to man marking situation, which I think we can all agree is if you have the talent, the better, the better approach to defending set pieces. Yeah. And I think we can agree too that getting someone like a Van Dyke is going to be, you know, Champions League contingent. You know, we're going to need to lock up that fourth spot, which is Jeff, it's, it's hard to see us locking up that spot. I mean, you know, part, Part of the reason, and, and as we've been talking about, it seems like most of the reason is just because of the defense. I mean, is uh, Big Sam, first time he's ever won at Anfield. It's not a guy who's going to come out and, and attack you, and yet they end up with two and we end up with one. How did that happen against an Allardyce team? And, I mean, what's what's going on with the defense right now? Well, you can credit Fat Sam for not just playing a good role in Fletch, but coaching his side up from relegation, which they appear to be, you know, mostly out of their hair at this point. But this loss was, I think, as we're going to spend most of the pod talking about, it's more about Liverpool than it was Palace, I'm afraid. This is at home. And Dejan Lovren, Lovren, to quote Brian Painter, <laughs> his over-pursuing that led to the exposure. I mean, this is just classic Lovren, Lovren. Overexposes, take too many risks, and he got burned for that first goal. And then that second second ball, that, that was just all about desire or lack thereof. So good for Benteke. You know, I felt bad for the guy when he was with Liverpool, right guy, wrong system, and he's finally matched up with the right side, the way they play long balls, set piece, primarily for offense. But Lovren on that is inexcusable. The second ball drops, and like no one within five feet of the ball right into the cage, you know, head right into the goal. So, you know, whether it was Palace, could have been Sunderland, could have been Swans, we would have gotten beaten at the weekend regardless of who was out there. And, you know, fine, it's the end of the season. We have key injuries, but who doesn't? I mean, United, who we're spending a lot of time focusing on, they've got their own. City have got their own. Everybody's got their own. It's that time of year. So it's really down to, and you know, of course, we've looked at and talked about the lack of pursuing depth, whether it was in the summer, knowing that Monty was had Afghan coming up, or in the winter when we've had so many frailties in the back line that Tyler so eloquently described. The roster just isn't deep enough, so what do you do? You try to, with chewing gum and duct tape on the shoes, do the best you can to reach top four, which is the only way we're going to refresh the side with the right talent that we need, You know, the elite talent that will not come here if not for Champions League football without European football. So. That's abundantly clear. Yeah. Ali, Dejan Lovren and Joel Motsip, both of them, when they start, they were unbeaten until last game, so at least nobody can use that damn excuse anymore. (laughs) Thank God. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So glad that that is out the window now. Uh, But, I mean, I I do want you to talk about Lovren. But first off, I don't think Motsip has been poor, but since returning from his injury, I don't think he's nearly at the form that he was um, and he's been, you know, he's had time to recover for it and, and get a, uh, you know, a run of games going. He actually hasn't been that great either. I mean, I think we we all know we don't really have to talk about Klein because we we just know what to expect from him. Um, you know, he's he's got 
kind of a high floor and a low ceiling. Like he doesn't really ever give you a nine out of, or a 10 out of 10, but he'll also never really give you a, a five or a six. You know, it's usually occasional six, but usually it's like a seven out of 10 is kind of just where he, he hovers around. Um, mm-hmm. we, we've talked about Milner ad nauseum. We know kind of, you know, we know we're going to try and upgrade. We know we're linked to Sessignon and, and other, and other targets. And, and it's kind of like, you can't really blame, you can't, you can't blame Milner because he's not a left back. Like, Yes, it sucks when he makes mistakes, but listen, he's he's been told to play a position he doesn't want to. Specifically on on the center back pairing, because it, I think it can have a huge effect on how the goalie plays as well. Um, to have two competent center backs ahead of you, and and, and just you know when you see Lovren just kind of making like Jeff pointed out when, when when he's doing stuff like that, it's like it's just hard to watch, man. So just talk a little bit about the center backs uh, and yeah. kind of how they're affecting really what we're doing overall right now. I think we just truly lack a, a big leader back there. So since Kara left, I think right now we're on target to concede 47 right now. And we haven't conceded that much since Kara retired. And right now we've only had eight clean sheets this season. And behind us are Sunderland at five, Swansea at six, Middlesbrough at 10. Yeah, like don't you want around like 30, basically conceding 25 to 30? That's like a championship level, you know, exactly. 15 less than we are now. And, and the problem is, I think it's a mixture of personnel, like you mentioned, and just not having that mentality or having that leader back there. We've already had 10 goals leading to errors. That's huge. That's top two in the league right now. Only West Ham's above us with that. Um, if you look at our challenges lost, I think this is a big mentality plus personnel thing. We're top three of the most challenges lost in the league right now at 370 for That's the brutal. season. That's, That's insane. Brutal. Yeah. So it's just a mixture of everything that everyone has talked about. But I think mainly we just need a fucking leader back there. Yeah. And even if you don't have it in your, in your back four, you want to see it out of your keeper. And, um, you know, Raj and Tyler, I'm, you know, we haven't had you guys on really to, to talk much about the defense and, and the goalkeeper. So before mm. we move on really quick, Raj, um, you know, yeah. th- thoughts on on specifically the center backs since we kind of know what to you know what we're getting from from the fullbacks and maybe a little bit about the goalkeeper. Yeah, well, my opinion on Lovren is okay. It's fine. He's not the greatest defender in the world, but as a player, you've got to actually realize that. How do you think players like Wes Morgan and Robert Hoof won the league? They understood their limitations. They're not great defenders. They're not going to try and win every single ball, and that's what Lovren tries to do. He tries to win so many challenges which he's never going to win. So, for example, for that first goal on uh, Sunday, he's never going to win that ball against Kabai. Stand off him. Let him have it. He's not going to outpace you or anything. And just be patient. There's no need to jump in like that. You're not Paolo Maldini. You're not Yapstam. Calm down and defend properly. Um, that's my view on Lovren. John Matip. I think Matip, he's a good defender. And you're, you're right to say that before the African Nation uh, saga, he was playing a lot better. I think what's happened now is... The attack, the attack's not functioning as well, and actually that's led to our defence being exposed more because we're not dominating games as much. Right. And that's we've seen we've seen Joel Matip be a bit more exposed than before uh, in 2016. So I think we've seen now he's got a few limitations. But I think if we can get a top class centre back alongside Matip, I think that will really help him. So he can't be your best centre back. If we get someone like Van Dijk, as you mentioned, he'd be our best centre back. I think Matip would flourish alongside him. Yeah, it's a great shout, and and just like you said, we've been talking on this pod too. Is I think Matip would be awesome as the second best center back in a center back pairing. Uh, Tyler, it's you know something that I thought he was actually going to bring a, a little bit more too was uh, a couple more goals this season, and he hasn't really produced there as well. So 
kind of thoughts on on the on the back, this the center back pairing, and you know, just like you and Raj said, when you know we've talked about plenty of times, is, is Lowren leaves his area a bunch, and and just you know, like Raj said, it, it leaves Matip just completely exposed to deal with a lot of one on one defending. So, kind of thoughts on that. I got to admit, uh, Lowren really let me down this weekend. I've always at the Irish American had sort of had Lovren's back whenever we play typical big man, uh, center forwards. You got Lukaku. He completely manhandled Lukaku. I think he does a very good job of tracking people who don't make creative runs, but people who are a physical presence. And he just didn't have it at all, uh, at the weekend. Tyler, he lost. He won only two out of seven aerial duel aerial duels, and usually he's athletic enough to win more. So that was a huge thing. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. I, 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 it was completely surprising, and the only good thing that I can say about Lovren, I have, I am a, a, a uh, big complainer when it comes to Lovren. I think we that's one of the major places that we need to upgrade. At the summer, uh, the big, the best thing I can say about him is that he is a physical presence and he did not have it this weekend. And that was, it showed, you know, you had a big forward, you had a big center forward who scored two goals that were seven or forward goals. They, they were both finishes that a typical center forward puts away. And if you have someone challenging those balls, maybe he doesn't score them. And Lovren just was missing in both situations and got completely caught out. Yeah. It's disappointing. Tyler, to go back to what you're saying, he's a physical presence. I think. Actually, in some ways, that might have hurt his development because I think he's always been a player who's been able to, probably as he was growing up, you know, win aerial duels and and kind of, you know, Ali, I know you'd mentioned Gerard in training or, you know, in training, Gerard would say, you know, he looks amazing. Well, it's those in-game situations. It's when you got to use your head and think, you know, maybe I shouldn't run out 15 to 20 yards from my area just to go try and win a header when it's not my my position to. I mean... And Kabai just rolled past him. Kabai's one of the slowest players in the league. So it's just, you know, I I really do hate that we have to continue to talk about it. But it, you just, it really, I mean, I, I really genuinely believe, and, and I don't think the Sako situation helped anymore, which, Jeff, I'm actually going to ask you about in just a second. Um, but, you know, the, the fact that he left and, and you know, he suffered a, a brutal injury today, which which is not good, might might uh, actually take some um, money off, off the price tag. But... When you, when you see someone else go to another club and dominate like he does, yes, I know he had a falling out. Yes, I've accepted that he's not coming back to the club. But then you just look back and you see what we have. It's just frustrating. Um, and so, Jeff, to, to kind of go along with, with uh, Sokka a little bit here, shouldn't I don't think it should have been made as big of a deal as it was that him and Benteke had that little handshake, that little um, dap kind of session over there. Uh, I mean – are you upset with it? I, I personally am like, well, you know, I think that Sako knows that he's not coming back. Uh, I think that he feels like he might have been somewhat mistreated. Uh, Benteke surely probably feels that way. And, then you know, it's just, what is he going to do? I mean, Benteke goes over to him. Do you feel that way? Or is it kind of like, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. You still play for Liverpool no matter how close you are with Benteke. I mean, you're still a Liverpool player. Right, and I'm also a Liverpool analyst that tries to eschew the homer side of me, which can be tough to do at times. So starting with Benteke, I thought he was class in the way he handled the celebration. I mean, talk about a player that is used to being productive, um, was one of the most productive forwards coming into Liverpool, and 
So I required him, but wrong system, bad fit, committee, whoever you blame for that. I'm sure he dealt with his share of frustration, but scored twice and was sort of plain, you know, like didn't really express much and probably felt like he wanted to, but kept it together like a professional. So good on him for that. And to the handshake and Sacco, like I have no clue what they were doing, what it meant. Just saw what was plainly obvious, the immaturity in Sacco, which it's right at the core of why he won't ever be in a Liverpool shirt ever again. Sorry, Joey, but <laughs> that just ain't happening. And you feel bad for the guy. His upbringing, I'm sure, played a role, but you've got a pattern that dates all the way to PSG, which you know we've well documented on this podcast. He's a world-class talent, but the gray matter just wasn't ever there, uh, wasn't cared for properly, which at this point turns him into like a Balotelli-like waste, which is just unfortunate. So especially for the fans that were amused or at times loved Sacco, it's disappointing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think we've all accepted uh, that he's not come back. Anyone, before we move on um, from Sacco, does anyone else have anything to say? Was anyone, you know, had maybe a different opinion on that handshake or are we kind of all on the same page? I think right, one of the tight. issues with one of the issues with the handshake was it actually detracted away from our poor defensive performance. So I've seen a lot of fans just shift the blame onto Sacco um, and shift the attention towards him. I think it's important to realise that's more of a side issue, and I think we've got to look at our own faults because I, I saw a lot of people just not even criticising Dejan Lovren at all, and it was all getting uh, all the uh, blame was getting, and uh, attention was getting focused on Sacco. Um, so I think that's important, and it's also important. Not to underestimate the role of Sam Allardyce. I think he would have definitely had a word with Sacco and told him, your presence is required on the bench. This will help wind up uh, the yeah, fans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think once when we went to Upton Park, it was, I think it was Sam Allardyce in charge then, and he turned up the temperature of the Liverpool changing room. Yeah. And uh, I think that really played mind games with us back then. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if he tried it again. Oh, that's such a big Sam move too. But yeah, I mean... It, it, you. The, the, I think some of the fans that got upset with that kind of, like you said, were just trying to shift the blame away, trying to deny just how bad we were. Ali, before we move on to something positive, because we are going to talk about something positive, uh, penalty shout on Phil. Uh, I I love that, you know, you want to love that Phil stays up, right? You do. Uh, you do want to see that in your players. But then again, I mean, this is why players die. You get hit and, you know, that should have been a penalty. If, if you went down, you know, it would have been a pen. Um, but he, he chose to stand his feet and unfortunately nothing came from it, but thoughts on it. Do you think the ref still should have given it there? It's, it's hard because I want to say yes, they should have given it to us, but he gave him advantage. Let him take a shot. He could have passed it to Origi and he could have tapped it in. I mean, that was the choice he made. He took the shot, stayed up on his feet. It sucks, but I think in my opinion, it's the right decision. Yeah. And, and how do you feel just about kind of, you know, diving in general just is is definitely a tricky uh, subject to kind of bring up. Um, and I know a lot of people are annoyed with it, but this is just, it's like players see that and then, you know, anyone watching that game will go, well, now I have to go down. And so it just, it kind of even makes it even worse. Um, definitely for the game, in my opinion. Yeah, it's one of the trickiest things for refs, definitely. Like, it, it was really hard to tell watching on the television if that was a foul or not. I just thought he maybe like just stepped incorrectly and kind of moved his left leg back, but then you see Kelly actually just ran into him pretty much. Um, yeah, but it makes it hard because, in my opinion, I think we should always go back and look at what players dive and what constitutes a dive and charge them every game. 
And yeah. that can run down how many people start diving. That's a good shout. Hopefully it's not, you know, maybe you have to like adjust that for players to make more money. Cause you know, it might be just, you know, five cents in the pocket for somebody who's making <laughs> yeah, a bunch of money. Exactly. But yeah, no, I get, I get what you're saying. While we're on the subject, uh, let's just really quick go into the, the, the positives. Phil seems to be finding his form again. And uh, what a beauty. I mean, what, what a strike. That was incredible. I, I just couldn't even believe how he could get that up and over against Hennessy too, a pretty decent keeper. Um, also, a couple of plays before that, I think Chan played a ball into him, and he quickly moved it back and back in front of him to beat a couple of guys and took a left-footed shot that yeah. went way over. But that play was absolutely insane. I His thought Coutinho played well. His footwork on that was amazing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Raj, just to, I, know, I know you uh, had mentioned the goal earlier before. It's... It is nice to see him getting back to not necessarily his pre-injury form, but um, you know he's contributing. And, and like you said, yeah. um, you know those those types of players for us, your best players, uh, they need to contribute in these moments. And he's he's, he's stepping up the past couple of games. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think uh, the main issue with Coutinho is when he gets injured, he does normally do take a while to get back to his best form. I think it did take him slightly longer than usual. So it was about 10, 15 games, but we're finally seeing him now fully fit. And firing. I think one issue with Coutinho against these uh, low block sides is I think I'd like to see him in a central area really because he does often get go deep from that left hand side. And I think if he was not, if he was put into a central position to start with, I think he could cause damage. I think in 2013-14 that was his that was his breakthrough season really, and he was brilliant against the, uh, the low block sides from a central position. I think he'd provide that creativity that we're sometimes missing. Because often from the left, his moves inside do become a bit predictable. So I think if he starts from central, I think he could cause a lot more damage from there. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I definitely like seeing him as more of a number 10 for sure. It's just, it's crazy to me. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd like to see Firmino there. I, I mean, if we're playing three up top, obviously, Firmino centrally. But it, it is like, you, you'd think it's predictable. And, and you know, because he, he does do that move all the time. But somehow... It, it's sort of like Robin, you know, like they, you mm. know, he's going to cut in and you know, he's going to make that move yet. He just still happens to, to do that. So, I mean, it, it's tough. I think right now, because if you're thinking like, well, who would I put out there on the left? I think a would be the only other fit. I actually think he's better down the left-hand side than he is yeah. in the middle, especially because he's terrible at his aerial duels. I mean, he is just, I don't think he's a great holdup player. Um, and, and I think he's actually better running the channels uh, on the left-hand side. But uh, other than a it's kind of like, well, I think Coutinho's Chastro, just... Woodburn or someone in yeah, there. That's the right. only option at the moment. Right. It's um, kind of like Coutinho's the best option at that position. So mm. it, it's it's tough. But, um, you know, maybe we'll see some change up change-ups next year. Um, change-ups in this game, though, Tyler, uh, the substitutions. Klopp, uh, it's kind of maybe one of the things that some fans get a little upset with Klopp over are, are certain in-game adjustments, adjustments and um, substitutions. Uh, what do you think of the substitutions this game? Uh, at least, you know, very minimal game time, but at least it was nice to see Grujic get some minutes again. Uh, Albi comes on and uh, Alexander-Arnold. I mean, you can also talk about how it just shows that that our bench is is, is really bare right now. Well, I, I got to say, I absolutely love seeing Grujic get some minutes and Trent. Uh, I think it's fantastic that the young guys are getting some some game time. Uh, I think they there was some statistic that this was the young one of the youngest benches, if not the youngest bench that Liverpool has had. I think it was the youngest. Game. Yeah. That's outrageous. I mean, but I, I view that as a good thing. Unfortunately, when you're four games away from finishing the season, you're fighting in the top four. 
it's not what you want to see on there. And they didn't have anybody on the, on the bench that would make an impact at least not. And I've actually had always had this. It's one of the only issues that I have with Klopp is his timing of the substitutions. He doesn't, doesn't give enough, give players enough time to make an impact. He makes substitutions after the 80th minute and it sort of leaves people bare to, to really get a grasp on the game. And, and then when we're winning, he doesn't make his substitutions in a way that sort of kills the clock, helps finish the game. And I feel like that is something next season. Hopefully we have more options. Hopefully, uh, Klopp looks, looks at this season and finds a way to help the team. Yeah. And, and Ali, I mean, just, you know, Tyler said, just like you said, and it is nice to see youngsters on the bench. And I know we have some injuries right now, but still, like when it's the youngest bench in your, your club's history, it's great to see one or two youngsters on the bench, but you know, even with a couple injuries, even with Lalana and Hendo, let's just say they were both on the bench. That's still a really young bench, and, and it really shows. You know, we, we need more depth. Absolutely. Um, like if we if we keep this team and we only if we get to Champions League and only only put a couple players into our squad, I still think it's way too weak and too thin. We've been thin for a long time, and when even when we do um grow our squad depth it's usually not enough so we really need to make a big change soon because we can't just add a bunch of players and expect everything to work well because it's going to take a while for everything to gel so it's a big big thing that we need to work on quickly yeah no i agree it's um a lot of them obviously uh as as pods will come in these next couple weeks and as results play out uh it's i mean a lot of our targets Maybe, you know, at least all the high-end targets that we want are, in my opinion, just Champions League, uh, you know, is, is required. Um, you know, it's just, or else they're, they're not going to want to come. Um, and, and so, Jeff, let's, let's try and move on to something a little positive. Uh, yeah, we'll give your negative seed index ratings too, but let's just start off with a positive. Uh, I need guys, everyone, uh, your positive seat index rating, your negative, something that got you out of your chair, a little excited, something that got you just, definitely leaning back in the chair like i can't believe this shit's happening again or you know i can't believe this is happening jeff what do you got so you want me to be the lithium for this pod is yeah we need some positivity because i'm not bringing any so got it pick the wrong week to stop sniffing glue it's a little airplane <laughs> joke for all you old talk on listeners um so <laughs> there's two to choose from there's obviously phil strike from the set piece i mean who didn't jump up and down for that but i'm actually going non-traditional I'll let somebody else pick that Going with Tyler joining this podcast. So hey, that's everybody. <laughs> hey, hey, clap for that one. I, Out of I the shadows, the he's here. Fantastic. Uh, Joey, do you want me to go with the negative or do you want to save that for the end? No, let's go ahead and get the negative too. Let's just get out of the way, right? <laughs> rip that, rip that bandaid off. Yeah. Okay. I'm going with the lack of desire. Um, that goes for everyone that isn't in the frontline attack, all the entire back line, especially on that second ball in the set piece that for the, second goal so lack of desire team should be focused you should expect more especially from Lavren. um you expect more from that entire back line so that's my negative very clearly yeah we've used the back four definitely as our negative plenty of times this season raj what do you got man a positive seed index and a negative seed index rating yeah i'm going for something uh a big figure from my LF, from the lfc past who's going to be back in We'll be seeing him a lot next season. Rafa Benitez getting promotion Yay, back from Newcastle. Yeah, nice so I, love, I still I love, I love Rafa really. I, I was I'm surprised by a lot of fans who give him a lot of negative vibes, and I think really he's dealt us bad hand towards the end of his uh, Anfield reign with the owners and all that. 
uh, money trouble. I think he's, he's still a great manager, in my opinion. I, I think it'll be brilliant to see him pit his wits against lots of Conti, Pep, and all the other great, and Klopp, of course, and all the other great managers in the league. I think he's still got it. I actually wanted him um, for England manager, really, after Hodgson. I feel, I feel, I thought he'd be the perfect man because in any one-off game, you know, Rafa will definitely give you a chance of getting a result. He's brilliant tactically, um, and he just gets his teams up for any kind of game that they've got. Um, yeah, so it'll be great to see him back in the Prem next season. Yeah, great shout. I'm, I'm very excited to see him as well. Uh, very excited. We got a negative senior next rating. Yeah, this is come. I saw a bit of the uh, Dortmund Bayern game earlier. Usman Dembele is absolutely phenomenal, um, and that's really a bit of a negative for us because obviously we were in for him, yeah. and it's really show, showed me what we were missing out on. The guy is an immense talent, and if we'd got him and had partnered him with Mane on the wings, well, wow, uh, we could have been seeing something brilliant this season. But yeah, that's a negative that we couldn't get him over the line. Yeah, Raj, it seems like there's way too many players that we should have had that go somewhere else and then perform. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's the most frustrating thing, which is why Champions League is going to be so crucial. Tyler, what do you got, man? Positive seed index and negative seed index rating. Can I say next season? I mean, we've been talking <laughs> about these targets, and uh, I think it's a little too too early, but you know, it looks completely knock on wood here, but it looks like we might luck into Champions League these targets that we're looking at, we could build a very, very strong team. And my personal favorite, my favorite topic to talk about, Danny Ings should be back next season. Uh, I'm sure you all saw the articles about him swinging the equivalent, swimming the equivalent of the English Channel uh, during his rehab, and everyone's very happy for him. I think he's fantastic. I would love to see him fit and playing. Uh, I think next season's very bright. If we can manage this Champions League, I think we could build a team that's going to be good for, for many years. I like it. I like hearing and that. what yeah, negative. One one game time shout, uh Trent was fantastic. If you guys caught him going at James Punchins, uh, I thought that was fantastic. You know, he he showed the heart that the rest of the team should be showing. I think it was like the ninth somewhere in the eightieth minute and the ball went out of bounds and Punchin threw it away and Trent really went at him for it. Uh, I want to see that out of all of our players. Yeah, he, just our he looks a huge eighteen year old player. Yeah, he looks a huge talent. He really does. And he's got the heart. He's a scout. He wants it. Uh, I really, really am excited about him. Absolutely. Good shout. Yeah. What do you got for a negative senior X? I mean, this is going to be so prototypical, but let's, let's, let's go with Dejan Lovren. We, we need a new center back, guys. <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough to beat on a dead horse. We, we need a new defensive line. We got to stop the zonal marking. Uh, we got four games. Let's, let's let these guys have their run. Let's have them. Get us to the Champions League, but after that, it's time to it's time to make some changes. Yeah, tough. It's a it's a good one. He's he's definitely been there on there for us uh, before. Ali, what do you got, man? Positive, negative? I'll make it quick. Uh, negative. I'm gonna start with negative. Uh, Klopp saying that we have a good defense. Oh God, what, I know. I, I can't believe he came out and said that. <laughs> Come on, man. You're not fooling any of us. Um, <laughs> Brandon Rogers. Um, please, we gotta edit that out. Um, <laughs> And for the good, I would say just Coutinho hugging Moreno because I love Moreno. Yeah, I want to well, see him play okay. more. Yeah, I want him to be good. I just want him to work. <laughs> it's gonna be so sad when he out. leaves next season. I don't know why. I just I love the guy too. But um, yeah, guys yeah. are so weird. Can't believe Klopp came out and said that. I, I remember texting you, being like, "Is this guy what? What is he trying to do? Like, what? he doesn't need to. He's a guy who doesn't lie usually to uh, to the fans when he comes out and says something. But that was that was a." Uh, Oof, that was a tough one to look at. Um, my positive, Tyler, you said Danny Ings. You you uh, took that from me. I'm, I love Danny Ings. Big big fan of Danny Ings. Um, don't think he's gonna 
contribute other than the 50 goals that he's going to score next year. But um, really, <laughs> re- really excited for the return of Danny Ings. Uh, just a terrible to have it happen twice to him. Um, so you took that. So I'll go with uh, today in the Arsenal game when Fuchs was he was going to throw the ball in and, and Sanchez was like standing three feet away from him going like what? Like I can stand here. And Fuchs literally just throws it right directly at him, just rockets it right at him. Uh, he goes for his head. He barely misses, <laughs> hits him right in the shoulder. But I, I love that because I've seen a couple of players stand there before but never actually see someone just purposely like rocket it at him. And it was it was pretty funny to see. So. Did, you see did you see Sanchez uh, Sanchez's reaction to that as well? When he hit, he holds his face and he falls yeah, down. Yeah, his face fell out. It's like Rivaldo woke up 2002 all over again. Should get an Oscar for that. Uh. Rod, Rod, did you see the pictures that he posted after? It's like he has like an ice oh, pack on his face. It. Yeah, that's so awful. bad. Yeah, just like a little lip is just a little bit swollen. Oh man. Yeah, Anyways, yeah. Uh, and then my negative, it, it's got to be Hendo. Uh, not saying that I, I want him right back in the starting eleven, but he he is cru- uh, a crucial miss for us. He's our captain. I, you know whether or not he should be the captain, or I mean, what we frankly don't have really anyone in the team. I think that should be captain really right now. But you know he's a big miss for us, and the fact that he's going to be out for a while uh, is huge. And and hope and you know this could mean that Sir Alex was right all along when he was talking about him and his running, how he he actually didn't look at him and thought he was going to get injured because of, of his running. And, and uh, that's what, it, you know, his foot problem and his heel problem right now um, could be related to that. So I'm really, it seems like it's been an issue for him for a while now. Uh, and yeah. hopefully it just doesn't keep reoccurring. Uh, I think we all know that we, we need to replace him next season just because, I mean, I think he's, he's been injured a, a lot now for Liverpool. So it's just, it's sad to see uh, someone work so hard. So uh, that's, that's my negative. Um, Gents, let's go ahead and move on now to the Watford preview. Again, it's you, you look at the other teams who are who are playing each other, and you're like, all right, well, they got to drop points at some point. Um, but I, I'm not even looking at the other teams. I'm not, you know, as much as I want to, you know, obviously want City to win tomorrow at United, and we need a couple results to go our way in terms of other teams. Just looking solely, Raj, at Liverpool. Uh, yeah. The, you know, do you have even much faith that they're going to win the next three out of four? Like it's not even looking at any of the other teams. This is just looking yeah. at Liverpool solely. It's, it's, it's even Watford, you know, you're looking at them and you're like, Oh great. You know, you know, what's this game going to be like? Well, the only solace I can really take from these uh, next four games is that all four teams don't really have that much to play for other than maybe West Ham are still slightly in the relegation battle. But other than that, there's not much to play for. I think Borough will be down by the time we play their last game of the season. So I think we can do the job, to be honest. I think Watford, it's got all the makings, really, of a tough, tough clash, hasn't it? A Monday night under the lights. Um, we had difficult, difficult game against Watford last season. Troy Deeney absolutely bullied us. So hopefully we don't see that again, although Troy hasn't really been in the team recently. But, yeah, I, I do have faith in this. I think we can scrape it over the line just about. I think we will just about get the top four. And I can, um, I can see maybe three wins and one loss out of these four. Um, but yeah, I, I'll back us. I want to. I want to, Raj. Uh, it's it's tough. And, and, you know, as someone, uh, Jeff knows that, that I'm definitely, uh, you know, a big pessimist when it comes to Liverpool. And Jeff, you know, it, for me, it was the, the Bournemouth you result. You never. Yeah, right. It, it was the Bournemouth result, though, the, the tie that just made me think, you know, we're just, it's, they're not going to get into it. It's just, I'm, I'm having such a hard time believing that, you know, even teams like this who 
you know, aren't necessarily going to come out attacking. Luckily, Watford, they are, you know, they play an attacking style of football, but just, you know, we tend to definitely have trouble against these sides. Especially on the road away from Anfield, right? So that that's where most of it's going to come in, I think. So Kapui and Amrabat versus Milner should be interesting. So they're the real threats up front. Their back line, I don't think, still intimidates anyone. So Protal and Britos won't be all that effective, I don't think. Holobos should be impressive. He was versus Hall, so could give Klein some trouble. And the only commonality in this one for us, hopefully Lana will be back. I heard some rumblings about that. And then we've got Sturridge that, you know, for his torn vagina or whatever his problem is this week, <laughs> might actually make it back into the side. Who knows? Giving Sturridge shit. Oh, man, dude. You're right. Uh, Brutal. I love the guy. Sturridge, you know, really quick, Jeff, I know you got to get out of here. You got to, you're going to go play actually some, uh, some football. So, uh, really quick before you get out of here, score prediction. Do you got, you got a uh, Liverpool winning or no? Yeah, I do have Liverpool winning, but I can't come up with anything but 3-2. I, I think we're going to ship not just one, but two in this one. Just given the Swiss cheese, it's become our back line. Um, and I'm really concerned if we fall into our t- trademark style of giving up an early goal, this is going to be a negative result for Liverpool. So I'm hoping Klopp has put the fear of God in these guys, the fear in, you know, <laughs> Of whatever German leader, uh, Hitler would be inappropriate, but like, whatever it takes, <laughs> they need to deliver a W or top four is done. Replacing the side with elite talent is done. I mean, it'd be very depressing in the offseason. Oh, well, big consequences. Jeffrey, good luck tonight. Put a Thanks, couple buddy. in the back of the net, all right? Yeah. Well, there's no couple in the back of the net. It's just training. So it's just pain and suffering is what I'm headed to. So. All right. Well, good luck with that. Go Reds. All right. Talk Thanks, on, talk Jeff. On. Uh, Tyler, um, you know, we beat them 6-1 last November in the Premier League. Uh, you know, but they, they've beaten the likes of Man U, Arsenal, Everton, and West Brom this season. So, Troy Deeney's a threat, but, I mean, they're, they're an attacking side. You know, that's, that's how they play. Are we going to have some trouble with them or what? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's going to be a 2-1 victory for Liverpool. All the goals scored by Dejan Lovren. <laughs> <laughs> no. But seriously, it will be a, it'll be a difficult game. Uh, Watford's, Watford looks a good side. Um, we struggle away from home against smaller teams. But the good news is this team tends to bounce back after they lose a game or two. Hopefully this bounce back happens sooner rather than later. Hopefully Klopp gets everyone amped and excited and they are ready to show up for this game. Yeah, I second that, absolutely. Guys, before we move on to score predictions, Ali, I need I want to know everyone's... Uh, their outlook on on top four chances right now, and yes, it's not something that you know a, a club like Liverpool should be celebrating getting to the top four. But I think we can all agree, and we've already all mentioned that you know losing in the final last year was was a blow to some of the talent that we could have gotten uh, this this previous season. Obviously, we want to be in the Champions League, you know, as fans. Um, you know, it's going to be tough though, Ali. I mean, we, we we do I think need to win at least at least three of these next four games. Are you? What's your outlook on, on how Liverpool are going to finish out the season? I think we're going to get it. I think we're going to do it. Um, if we lose to Watford on Monday, I think it's over for us. But if we win this one and go on, like you said, win, win at least three of them, I think we're going to be fine. But I, for some reason, I think if we lose against Watford, it's over. Our mentality is going to be fucked. So I think this this game right here is the one of the biggest games of the season for us. Yeah, Raj could be 
you know, it feels like each one of these next upcoming games is, is the biggest game of the season coming down the wire here. What What's your kind of outlook? Um, are, are you as positive as Ali? Yeah, I agree with Ali, really. I think this is the big, pivotal game. I think we need to... It's true about the mentality. I think if you lose two in a row, that is a massive dent to the morale of the team. I don't think we have lost two in a row this season, but have we in the league? Um, um, maybe Hull and somebody else, but I think that was about it. So I'm quite positive. I think we'll get a result against Watford. As, we, as um, Ali said, I think this team's good at bouncing back from setbacks. And that's what Klopp's really instilled into the side. He's made sure that you forget the last game and you move on to the next and you get some fully fired up for the game. Um, and I think we'll do it against Watford. They're not the greatest team in the world. We can't, we, we can't really big them up to be something that, 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 that they're not. Um, I think we should be able to get the result. And I think Adam Lalana off the bench will be a crucial, crucial, um, difference for us because we haven't had the bench options as we discussed previously, but Lalana will give us that. Yeah, he's basically back in full training, right? And so by Monday, he should be hopefully at least set for the bench. Uh, and just like Raj said, Tyler Klopp, the master motivator, so hopefully he can get the, the side up for this game. What, what are your views on, on this game and, and how, you know, the race for top four is going to finish? I absolutely agree. I, I completely agree with Raj that this Watford side is, is not better than sides we've beaten this season. I think that the team should be ready to go. And if everyone shows up, it shouldn't be a problem. Like you said, we beat them 6-1 earlier this season. Yes, that was at home. Yes, we, it was a different mood in the camp at the time. Goals were flowing. We had Mane running the wings. We looked great. I still think we have enough firepower, enough talent to beat these guys. If, if we can beat these guys, I do completely agree with, uh, Raj and Ali that this game is huge. This is a, a season maker or a season breaker. I think it's time to, to step up and we've sort of been lucking into our position. I feel like we kept losing games we shouldn't and winning games that were important. I think this is the one where if we can't win these games, we don't deserve to be in the top four. So it's time to show up. Yeah. I think it's probably just as simple as that, right? If we can't get three out of four, at least in this home stretch, then we just simply don't deserve it. Uh, and it's tough. I'm, I'm, you know, I try not to be so negative about it, but you know, just with Liverpool's recent, uh, history, it just, especially in the Premier League, it just doesn't give me much hope. But, um, anyways, guys, score predictions real quick. Tyler, I'll come right back to you. How do you think this one's going to be seen out? I'm going to go with 3-1 to Liverpool. I'm hoping to get a couple of goals. Hopefully they put Firmino in the center and he, uh, they allow him to play his role. One of those three goals, who do you think is going to be scoring, at least for Liverpool? I think Firmino's going to get two and Coutinho's going to get one. Yeah, I like it. All right. Get the Brazilians to carry us into top four. Raj, what do you got, brother? I'm going to go 2-1 Liverpool. I think it'll be quite similar to the Stoke away game. I think our defence will have its rocky periods in the match, but we'll just have enough firepower to beat them. Raj, I hope it's not like the Stoke game. That first half was one of the worst <laughs> I've ever seen Awful. in a long, long time. That's brutal. Ali, what do you got, man? So they actually have a pretty good um, shot conversion rate. It's just a little under ours, 33.8%. So I think they'll get one or two against us, and I think we'll get two or three. So it's going to be, let's go 3-1. I love how you pull up that stack. You're like, we're definitely going to give them chances. So (laughs) if we give them at least a couple, yeah, they're they're probably going to knock one. Um, And one of the goal scorers for us will be Genie Wijnaldum. Dude, Genie doesn't skip legs. Away from home. Away from home. (laughs) Dude, oh, that would be that'd be great. Uh, hopefully, it happens. I got uh, I got two one because I want to keep our hopes alive. There's no way we're keeping a clean sheet, and I say it every pod. 
I, at least I have been for the last seven or eight. Matip is due for a goal. Uh, I think if he <laughs> needs to be contributing more, at least on that end. I would think at least three a season. I think what he's only got one right now. I'm hoping that that at least Matip will help us on the uh, the attacking side right now. So, Ali, uh, where can we find you on Twitter? Obviously, you are the face behind Football Purists. Everyone can go to footballpurists.com. Uh, Ali, on Twitter, where can everyone find you? Ali G underscore FP. There it is, Ali G underscore FP. Tyler, where can we find you, brother? I, uh, I'm an old man. Don't have a Twitter. Follow Ali. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can listen to him on this podcast like you just did. That's where you can find him. And, and we'll hopefully be having Tyler on again soon. Raj, what about you? Where can we find you? So Raj Singh Chohan, that's my Twitter username. And then uh, also got a Premier League based website, which is at Prem League Panel. So, yeah, check that out. Uh, we've got a few writers for a lot of the Premier League teams. So if you want to keep up to date with that, check it out. Yeah, I definitely recommend everyone going to check that out as well. Uh, awesome. And, yeah, you guys can obviously follow us at TalkOnFP on Twitter. Uh, like I said, go to footballpurists.com. Check it out. Uh, we do have uh, West Ham channel. We got Arsenal. So um, anyone, any friends that you might have, unfortunately, that might be West Ham Arsenal fans, uh, let them know about it. And you can find me on Twitter at jvishney. By the chance there are any Chicago sports fans out there, I also do a Chicago sports cast, and you can find us on Twitter at the Windy City Way. Gentlemen, we got Tyler and Raj. Uh, really appreciate you guys getting on uh, for your first time tonight. Hopefully, we can have you guys on again. And, and Ali, face behind football, Pierce. Nice to have a a good lineup today. Jeffrey had to leave a little bit early, but gents, thanks for getting on. Really appreciate it tonight. And uh, you know, three out of the next four. I'm hoping we can do it. Appreciate you guys getting on. As always, talk on. Talk on. Cheers, fellas. Cheers.